The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Thanks uh, again. Uh, to Peter Mail, join me in studio. Lots of your comments coming in about Northlands, about uh, about K days, about Klondike days, whatever version you've fallen in love with uh, over the years. A couple of them says, you know, the Edmonton exhibition has no identity. They might as well just call it the generic X, and that is interesting. And I think that is something. Uh, that uh, Peter, who is the new CEO and president over there, is going to work uh, on, on changing again. Turned the PNE around in Vancouver, has worked closely with the CNE for many, many years. So uh, look forward to see what uh, what he comes up with here in Edmonton right now, though. Hey, it's Grant Fedorik. Hey, I, that just brought up a great memory of mine. I used to love to pan for gold. <laughs> Did you ever do that? That was before my time oh, here. Oh, gosh. It was like my favorite thing. There was two things I always looked forward to at Klondike Days. One was the the big slide mm-hmm. with the, you know, the you got on like your bag or whatever it was. I think it was like a potato bag or sack. And then you got down that thing and, and then panning for gold. Mm. Like I loved panning panning for gold. It, just, it was it was great. I don't know. They don't pan for gold at K-Days well, anymore. Well, they're not really Klondike-y anymore. I know. That's the thing, right? I know. Uh-huh. I miss that. Maybe I'll... I, I'm going to set that up in my backyard, I think. I've got to get some gold. Do you have any gold? <laughs> I don't have any gold, my friend. <laughs> I, don't, I definitely do not have <laughs> any gold. <laughs> you might, I hope you don't miss those rings when I walk out the yeah. door. You might be panning for those. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Coach will come pay you a visit, just so you know. We've lost one of them once. We're not doing it again. <laughs> I don't um, find out it's what another that's like. episode of. I'll need Fit After 40. If fit Coach comes. After 40. <laughs> Uh, fit after 40 and you know what here's what we're going to do today if you have a question for Grant from Leading Edge Physiotherapy um, give us a call right now at 4960063 we thought we'd do a bit of an open line today for the next uh, 20-25 minutes or so or if you want to text in you can do that as well because what always happens is we end up talking in the last five minutes we barrel through a whole bunch of your questions one of the things we did want to maybe we'll get things going here was I wanted to revisit um, you know or, or talk again about plantar fasciitis yeah that was one of the ones that came up last time, it, there was three or four people texted and, and we had talked about it before, but we thought, hey, why not talk about it again? Now, I know that this can be extremely painful. I yeah. watched my father go through this in actually, I think it was like the late 90s. So I don't yeah. think there was a whole lot of treatment and stuff. He was flying to Toronto at one point to get some sort of Ooh. laser therapy on his feet. It is incredibly painful. Yep. And... Um, how do you know when you have it? What does that pain feel like? Well, it's it's actually got some telltale signs. It's one of the ones where if somebody sends me a message, I can pick it off pretty quick because it's the pain right directly under the heel. It's not at the back. It's right underneath. And it's usually painful after sitting for a little bit. So if you sat in your chair and you get up, the first few steps feels like somebody's stabbing you right under mm. the heel or first thing in the morning, you get out of bed. You know, you might even be laying in bed going, huh, I wonder if this is still a problem. But as soon as you get out of bed, you feel that pain, that unmistakable pain in the bottom of the heel come back. And it's uh, it's basically an inflammation. Not basically, it is. It's a little micro tears that form at this piece of fascia that attaches to the base of your calcaneus or your heel bone. And essentially these little tiny tears, not enough. In fact, if it would just tear right off, your pain would go away. But because it's just little tiny, tiny tears, your body reacts with an inflammatory process. Mm. So when you're not on it, 
all of that inflammation just sits there and it accumulates. And as soon as you put pressure, it's wham, bam, this, these kind of painful metabolites like what we call substance P, bradykinins, these kind of chemicals, histamines, they all tell your body there's a problem there. And immediately you start kind of limping, you'll start walking on the front of your foot. It's a hobbling kind mm. of a problem. And those that's how you know you've got it. Basically, if it hurts after you've been sitting for a little bit or first thing in the morning and it's right underneath the heel. What are the tears from? Uh, they can come from a lot of different things. Uh, some are traumatic. Like some people will get it from stepping off of something and dorsiflexing or, pu- or pulling your foot backwards quickly. That can cause it. They can occur over a long period of time, just break down. Mm. The tissue just slowly breaks down from a lot of activity. I, I've, I've seen a prevalence of it since I started my career. And I've been doing this for a while now 20 years but if you think about what started to happen about 20 years ago we everybody started to go away from if you think about it from carpet in their whole house Um. and now you see there's no real chance for our feet to get a break because you go from working if you stand for a long job for for a career or you run or you do these things you're on hard pavement yeah you've got some cushioning in your shoes but what we used to do is get home at least then we'd get off of our feet Mm -hmm. to some extent on some softer carpet now it's hardwood and tile and that was one of the things I noticed early on was most of the people who were coming in their feet just weren't getting a break from anything that they were doing they were high activity people on their feet then they go home on their feet they take their shoes off their barefoot in the house on basically concrete yeah. like it's it's hardwood or tile and that causes it that's one of the causes uh, biomechanical dysfunction of the foot the the actual structure of the foot can cause it so if people who have tend to have either flatter feet mm. or higher arches <laughs> both can end up with plantar fasciitis but for different reasons flatter feet because it breaks down it's got very flexible causes abnormal stresses at the base of the heel higher arch people because there's no resilience to the foot it's basically just a rigid lever that has no give to it and that can cause a breakdown in that tissue. Do your shoes, do uh, the type of shoes you're wearing play a role in it? Yeah, it's a huge one. Uh, One of the common things we see are people who go and wear Mm. flip-flops. That's a pretty common cause, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, But definitely your footwear footwear that's broken down. So you've heard on this show I talk talk about people who run or are active should be changing their footwear every six months, especially a running shoe. They're not designed for long long-term mileage Mm. they break down that cushioning that support that all of the things that a running shoe is designed to do can start to lose its consistency over a period of time so you need to change it there's no doubt about it in fact one of the first things I tell somebody when I've treated this successfully for them which we do is when you start to feel it again the first thing you need to do is pay attention to your footwear. What were you wearing? Change your footwear. Get to the most comfortable shoe you can. If you're wearing a dress shoe and you've got that pain, wear a running shoe. Mm. I don't care about fashion when you've got this problem because the quicker you get rid of it, the sooner you can start wearing your, I don't know, flu vogs or whatever they are. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you got to be careful with your footwear right away. It's one of the first things we talk about with somebody with this problem. So plantar fasciitis can be treated uh, and is yes. treated successfully. Sure. Yeah. Um, and orthotics play a role in any of they this? They can. If there's a pro- if there's an actual change in, if you look at somebody's foot and you see that there's a dysfunction there, but not everybody with plantar fasciitis have a dysfunctional foot, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And so the answer is orthotics if you need them, but a professional should be making that call. We don't just put everybody in orthotics mm-hmm. just because they have plantar mm-hmm. fasciitis. That's the wrong way to treat a problem. You know, that's the hammer for everything's a nail, right? So 
one of the things, some, if you're at home and you're dealing with this, some, some home remedies that actually work, a few things I don't recommend. Uh, I'll tell you, hanging off of the stair. That's an internet, that's a Dr. Google thing. I see it all the time. I find uh, for the few people it works for, it's actually hindering way more people than it's actually helping. So you'll hear and, and people will talk about the need to stretch the calf. Mm. I agree. When the calf is tight, it puts a, there's a, there's a dynamic that occurs at the foot. I won't get in it. It's called the windlass effect. I won't get into it. It's very mechanical. Uh, but at the end of the day, when the calf is tight, it puts excessive stress on the heel. So one of the things is rolling the calf is really yes. important. You can get at it without putting excessive stress on the plantar fascia. You can do some light stretching, but I don't recommend the old hang your foot off of a mm. stair because you're excessively stretching torn tissue at the same time. So yes, you are stretching the calf. That's great. But you're causing a more trauma down there than you need to. Later on, it's a it's an effective treatment. Uh, the bo- a frozen bottle of uh, water is really effective when it's really inflamed, when it's hurting you even when you're off your feet. You can roll it underneath the arch of the foot and up around the heel. You can do that for 15 or 20 minutes. It conforms to the sole of the foot mm. nicely. It's a really great way for people to get uh, symptomatic relief. And they are helping it because it is an inflammatory type problem. And another one, in, and where the research really comes in, which we follow, and it's I find it's very important too, is with one specific stretch and essentially what you're doing is crossing your leg over, putting your hand down and pulling your great toe and your ankle back towards you gently till you feel a stretch in the sole of the foot. And that's one of the stretches I strongly recommend. Mm. I've actually written a blog about plantar fasciitis. I think it's even on there, uh, how you can go about doing that stretch. Those are some home remedies. They can be effective. Yes, anti-inflammatories also can help. I'm not a pharmacist. Talk to your pharmacist whether it's effective for you and if you're on other drugs, et cetera, yes. that you might not, might not be effective for you. Uh, LeadingEdgePhysio.com is the uh, is the website. Uh, Grant Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy joining me in studio. It's Fit After 40. We were talking about plantar fasciitis because it's one of the things that you're constantly texting every us about. Show, every show, But right show. now people want to talk about gold, panning for gold oh, with you. Oh, yeah. So we're going to take a break. Okay, let's pan for gold. Hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully you don't get a tennis elbow or anything from it. <laughs> if you have a question for Grant, 4960063, you can text us at 630-630. We'll be back right after this. Grant Fedork in studio this afternoon. It's Fit After 40, of course, uh, leadingedgephysiotherapy.com. Uh, you can actually ask him a question right there. It says, ask the physio. Yeah. And he answers them. I do. And he also answers questions right now. I was asking you in the break, uh, what, what, do you, what do you see most of? What is your... What do you treat the most? Uh, me personally, I see a lot. I see a lot of feet. Uh, yeah. Way back when, uh, I don't know why or how. I mean, I've, I've. It's not that I have any. Uh, <laughs> I didn't wake up one day and say, "Boy, I want to just look after feet." But I got recognized for having a lot of success with the feet. So I do see a lot of feet. Uh, I see a lot of backs. Uh, definitely, th- that's one of the problems. Those are uh, the type of problem that people won't just try mm. to put up with, uh, especially when they're pretty acute. And you can when they stop you they stop you so you know elbow you can deal with and kind of get around even a shoulder from time to time most of the problems that precipitate somebody coming in is when they can't do what they want to do you know otherwise a lot of people and we're talking about fit after 40 and you've heard me say this before if it's been around for two weeks it's not going away and it's easier to treat when it's two weeks old (laughs) than when it's two six two months or six months old so 
This text is wondering about uh, pain and inflammation, the ball of the foot under great yep. toe. What treatment and exercises do you suggest? What so is that? That's interesting. So there can be a few different things, but there's a tendon that attaches there, as a matter of fact, called flexor hallucis longus and brevis. And brevis is the one, and it's actually, that's one of the ones that I was talking about that needs actually to be stretched when you have plantar fasciitis. And so you can get an inflammation in any tendon. So one, it could be from that. It also could be itself, it could be a, from a dysfunction of that joint. Mm-hmm. in the great toe, so an arthritic type change, uh, wear and tear. The Many people, if you look at your big toe, it's actually, it, it's rigid. It can be rigid in some people and even start to turn mm-hmm. inward. We call that hallux valgus. It ends up turning into a bunion. bunion. You got it. And sometimes that's one of the early signs that that's occurring. You get inflammation mm-hmm. at, the, at the base of that joint and you end up with that and it's the capsule that surrounds the joint that's inflamed. So when we see them uh, it's something we can do if it's if it's inflamed and it feels like that sharp pain when you're on it. It's okay when you're resting it. Uh, that's sort of a problem. It, 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 these typically will hurt even at rest. Those are the sort of things that you definitely want to be applying ice to 15, 20 minutes on and then off and taking anti-inflammatories. But as you know, I always encourage people to get in and get it treated so that we can get rid of it. Long haul trucker with joint pain. After long haul, I try and stretch as much as I can during my shift. But after a couple of days of long haul, my ankle feels like, um, feels really sore. Gets uh, It swells up just a bit. It feels like it's about 300 degrees. It feels like a sprained ankle, 10. Uh, the pain is, is constant and goes on to say, it feels like gout, but I don't think it is. Right. And uh, so number one, hats off to you for uh, stretching and doing the things you need to do to stay as active as you can in a fairly sedentary job. So you're doing the right things. That being said, you can't get away from the fact that your ankle is sitting there sedentary. It's below you. Mm -hmm. When you have swelling and inflammation, it's got nowhere to go. It's going down and it's Mm going to settle in there. So it's very difficult. So one suggestion is actually actively moving the ankle throughout the drive so that it's not just sitting there below you. That means pointing your toe and pulling it do back the towards you. You're doing the <laughs> alphabet. That's right. But if it's really hot like that, then then you're kind of on the right leaning as to how we would think when you come in with a history like that. Some type of an arthritis. Gout is a type of arthritis, gouty arthritis. So you should get tested for levels of uric acid and see if that's happening. If it is, it can. there are um, ways to deal with it. The other thing is there's reactive arthritis. There's other things that can be causing mm-hmm. that, even including Achilles tendonitis or different things when your body's losing the battle, it just can't do anything about it. And so it expands. And unfortunately, in the lower limb, like in the ankle, it's got nowhere to go. And the swelling just expands and causes a lot of pain. And it's tough to deal with. So that's one of the things that if we looked at it, we could probably get to the bottom of it. If you think you might be getting dealing with gout, if it's hot to touch, definitely see the physician, see mm. your physician, and see if, in fact, that's what's going on. Long-haul driver, another one. I have a oh. compressed L4, L5. Um, I wrote, work requires lifting and long drives. Will it ever get better? I try to find time to stretch, but it's hard. Yeah, and, you know, will it ever get be- better? That That's the activity modification we talk about with people all the time. Sometimes you really have to look at what you're doing and... I'm not suggesting anybody change their career because of a problem, but certainly if that can't be modified, if you can't stop the truck and get out and move around and you can't do the things that mitigate it, sometimes you got to just figure out a way 
to for your body to adapt to it. That means your seating, uh, your stretching that you're talking about, and other things. So certainly, that's what we would go through. Sometimes they can be treated. So a problem with degenerative changes in the lumbar spine, IMS is a good example, yeah. decompression. Com- a concomitant kind of a group of treatments together can sometimes solve these, or at least give you some lasting relief so that work isn't so uncomfortable for you. And once again, Chadville, you've done it again to us, because all of your questions are coming in now at the very last <laughs> minute. <laughs> Rapid we're fire, time. yeah. Uh, what's the difference between a heel spur and plantar fasciitis? Okay, heel spur is basically the effect, a long-term effect of having plantar fasciitis, and basically your body can't deal with it anymore, thinks it's doing the right thing, so it starts laying down bone. The spur itself is not the problem. It's an effect of having plantar fasciitis. They used to take them out for surgery, and you had the same problem. You treat the plantar fasciitis and just know you've got a spur. Um, I know we're out of time, and Dustin's giving me the eyeball, but a couple more questions about the feet. Uh, what causes numbness in the uh, in the soles of the feet? And another one talking about tingling uh, in, in the feet. Yeah, so that can be so many different things. We need to look at it. It could be from the back. It can be from different parts of the hip. We can talk, we can talk about this one for almost an entire show, but it also other things that you need to rule out, including diabetes, diabetic mm-hmm. neuropathy. neuropathy. Yeah, you bet. There can also be different sy- symptoms that are in the foot itself, like Morton's neuroma, mm-hmm. compression of the nerve and the sole of the foot. So these are the kind of things, it sounds... It sounds like, well, it's just got numbness in my foot, but we have to look through each part of the system, all the different systems that could be leading to that and narrow it down to where we think it is. And that's how we solve them is get the right assess- get the right diagnosis so that we're treating the right problem. Grant, we're out of time. Aren't we always? We're always out of time. And we said off the top, send them in off the top. Let's do it. No problem. A little slow on the uptake. Next time, we, uh, I think we just set every last 10 minutes of every show aside and say, let's go. I, I love answering Either these that questions. Either that we're going to do an hour next time. <laughs> we're just doing an hour next time. That sounds good. Uh, Fit After 40 is Grant Fedork. LeadingEdgePhysio.com is the website. If you have a question, you can ask the physio right there. He'll join us again next month. See you soon. I'll see you soon.